On today's episode of The Playgrounder, it has been a while since I've said that. Wow, we, uh, we're we back. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks off. We've had some crazy, some crazy technical difficulties over these two weeks. We have not been able to podcast. We've not been able to record, but we finally have an episode out for you, and we really, we missed a lot over these two weeks, so we really tried to cover as much as we can in this episode. So this episode, we did the East and their offseason so far. Every East team, we covered the draft and the trade market and the free agency. For every East team, we'll have the West episode coming out next, but yeah, we basically just talk Eastern Conference basketball, and we talk about our opinions on every move and every draft, and you know, teams we like and what we think will happen in the season in the playoffs and you know it's it's all coming up really soon so we apologize for being away for so long but we are back and we are back for good and this season is going to be a fun one so let's get it what all right, so so Zach, <laughs> I'm gonna ignore any traditional openings of being like, "Hey guys, you know, sorry we've been off the air for a little bit. Zach's been moving around. I'm just gonna ignore I'm gonna it. Gonna ignore um, the fact that we haven't posted in like two weeks. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm just. Gonna- <laughs> it's okay. It's not that we haven't tried. We've tried like two or three times, and we've had technical difficulties that have reached the point that we just haven't been able to record. It's been ridiculous. We recorded an entire episode, didn't work. Um. What? So I'm just going to start off with a question. What candy am I about to eat right now? This is such a dumb question. Okay, is it... Um... It's not. <laughs> it, it, it's an important come, question. Does it come individually wrapped? As opposed to what? Like, you know how a bag of Skittles, like, you get, like, a bunch in the bag or microwave? Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, so you mean when you eat Skittles, you don't <laughs> you empty the bag? You literally just then... showed me on the camera what it is. Did I? Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, and I would have never guessed that because I don't refer to chocolate as candy at all. Wait, how did you see, how much can you, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's a Kit Kat. We ruined the whole thing. Bomb. Those things slap. I love, I don't even break them apart. Why are you eating while we're recording? Like we can't stuff in your mouth. Have you forgotten how to do quick. this? It's going to be quick. I'm just really hungry. <laughs> I don't know why you couldn't like we just started recording. It's not like you whipped this out 30 minutes and just got hungry. We, you could have just ate it and then we could have started. We talked like 10 minutes before this too. I could have done it in that. Um but yeah, I mean, so just like just like my Kit Kat breaks apart, what NBA teams are starting to break apart due to free agency? You like that? <sighs> no, that you like <laughs> some of these segues are it. so rushed and forced. <laughs> um but okay literally man since the last time we recorded everything's happened and that's partially due to the fact that this offseason is insanely rushed because they're getting back early and that's partially due to the fact that we haven't recorded in like two weeks maybe even more uh it's horrible don't worry guys if you are huge fans of us which i know like millions of people are um millions we're back we're back now we're back for the season and the start of the season Barring any more technical difficulties, but I am speaking against those, so those will not happen. But mm. yeah, we literally we missed the draft, we missed the trade moratorium when that opened, we missed free agency. So since the last time we recorded, everybody's on a different team. It's a, it's a totally new NBA. Like if you just happen to you know, like imagine that you like slipped into a coma a week ago, and are just waking up, you would be like, what the hell happened, right? So many players moving everywhere. Um, but let's, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull up the trade machine just so I can get like a list of teams in the NBA. Do you want to just kind of like bounce around? Like we don't have to go through every team, but just kind of like bop around in alphabetical order of, of teams and just, and just talk about ones that excite us. I mean, we could just, yeah, talk about like half the league today and then half the league next episode. We could even just do East West or something. Yeah, go, let's do. Go, let's do Set a timer, do like what, like two minutes, three minutes on each team? Let's let's do the East today, dude. Let's let's do that. All right. Do you have an uh, an alphabetical list of order of teams for the East? I know we're starting <laughs> Atlanta. I sure do. So we have Hot Atlanta, one of my favorite cities, by the way. Um oh, I've never been. Dude, for a multitude of reasons that I'm not I'm not gonna dive into all of them, but it's a great city. Um okay. 
I so Atlanta did so many things that were great that they actually may need to like consolidate their players. But let's go over some stuff. So um they got Danilo Gallinari, which was huge. Danilo. Was number one offensive player last year. Gallo. Incredible <laughs> offensive rate. The best offensive rate. Literally. Um, they got Chris Dunn, who is probably one of the like top five best defensive guards in the NBA. Yeah. Um they got Rajon Rondo, who shows that for you know he might not give you everything you want in the regular season, but he knows how to win in the postseason. Um, who and they added Bogdan, Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich that got approved last night. Okay, it did. Okay, um, it's on. It's crazy what they did, and like, they drafted Onyeka Okongwu, like maybe my favorite player in the draft. He 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 is my favorite player in the draft. Um, so let's kind of work through this though because. Who the hell starts for the Hawks? It's kind of funny because you talk about rushing rebuilds and all that, and I don't necessarily believe in rushing rebuilds. I think it's good to get young players in situations where, you know, winning is a priority. I just I think that's good rather than just letting your young guys go out and drop 50 and make 30 mistakes and none of it matters. But it's at the point now where these young guys like may not even play. Like your starting lineup, right. if John Collins stays, which I mean, I guess that's up in the air. I don't know. To me, personally, I think the starting lineup would be uh, Trey, Bogdan, Danilo, Collins, and Capella. I don't. W- would you agree with that? I would disagree with that, Zach, and here's why. So I think Capella's definitely going to start. It just makes sense. He's really good defensively. He's very low usage. Um, or uh, low usage is the wrong word. He's, he's low touch, which is the Hawks need that. And in, 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 he's, he's an incredible rebounder. He can rim run. He can protect the rim for you. I think he's going to start at center. And I think John Collins is not a defense, a good defensive center at all. Um, so I think the Hawks are going to go for that. They didn't sign Gallo to not start him. Now, I, I think Gallo is going to start at the four. See, uh, it, I think he should. I think they'll still start Collins, though, if they have him. I, I think they're going to trade him. And that's ultimately what I'm getting to. Okay, so well, then I if think, they trade him, then yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that next year... There, so well, next year, they're literally like a month, like less than a month from now. Um, it's I think it's going to be Capella, Gallo, Cam Reddish, uh, Bogdan. How tall is Bogdan, by the way? I don't know. What is he like? Six six? Is he is he bigger or is he smaller? I, oh, dude, <laughs> no. I I always get my Bogdanoviches. Are they brothers? I I don't know. I think they are. are they. I don't think so, dude. <laughs> I feel like for people that. You know, he's six six, you got that right. I feel like for people that follow the NBA pretty closely, we should know this and we don't. Uh yeah, so he's six six. So he's gonna start at the two. Trey Young, right? So just just reiterate Capella, Collins, Reddish, Bogdan, and Trey Young. You mean um, Gallo instead of Collins? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh that's what it's gonna be. And it's I really do think it's gonna be a, a, a mixture of you know a, a, a lot of a lot of offensive weaponry because I, I think we all know I have a you know a thing for Cam Reddish and I think he's going to take a big step forward, um, and it's it's going to be just a, a hell of an offensive lineup. And then my question to you though is this: they so they obviously brought in Chris Dunn because he he is an all defensive caliber, uh, an all, all defensive team caliber player. Now. The point, in my opinion, was to play him next to Trey Young. So to put Chris Dunn next to Trey Young to clean up a lot of Trey's defensive mistakes and simply to guard the other team's best, uh, best ball handler, right? Their best guard. So like, are they going to even spend a lot of time on the court together, those two? Well, I mean, yeah. Then that's when you wonder if they do start Trey or, or sorry, if they do start Chris instead of Bogdan, or maybe they just kind of make their rotation is made to make an early sub where Chris Dunn comes in for Bogdan and Bogdanovich kind of just runs the bench unit because that's what yeah. he did in Sacramento too, didn't he? Or I guess him and Heald kind of like flipped roles halfway through the year. Uh, so I, who knows? I I think what's gonna happen, my because <laughs> there is a. You know, I don't want to use the term like an embarrassment of riches, but like there's a lot of overlap, and it's it's a good problem to have because I do think they can trade away John Collins. Why I I think he does have good value around the league, and obviously he's going to have to be extended soon. So like some team's going to have to make a decision on that. But at the end of the day, like he's a floor spacer, um, and he can also you know 
throw down around the rim for you. So and he's really efficient. So like my, I guess what I'm going to watch for the Hawks is I'm definitely going to look for their rotations because they got Chris Dunn to play next to Trey Young defensively. So how early does he come in? Do they just play Trey the whole first quarter, which some teams do? They just they do that, and then maybe they maybe six minutes in they sub out Bogdan and they put in Dunn or something like that. Right. And like when does Rondo come in? And they well, have we haven't even touched play. on Herder and Hunter either, who are I two know. young guys that they want to put time into as well. Like they have so, and it's funny because we call it an embar or what'd you say an embarrassment of riches? <laughs> was that yeah. it? Yeah, you like um, that? That was good. Um. Yeah, I don't. I I was just thrown off by the word embarrassment being in there. Um, but like we talk about that, and then you look at their team, and you wouldn't necessarily look at anyone and say, "Oh yeah, he's like he's elite, like absolutely elite." You just look at Trey Young's probably a bit above everyone. Then Danilo's probably a bit above that kind of, or not that, but a bit above the rest too. But you look at it, it's just a bunch of good, solid players, not just an absolutely elite team with some solid role players. It's like ten guys who are legitimate rotation pieces or young guys that you hope develop into that. And to me, like this is indicative of something that's uh, that's kind of happening right now in the NBA that we might not totally be talking about enough. Um, so when I look at Atlanta, you can still make a case that they're not a top eight seed in the East. You you could because like we have we have Milwaukee, Toronto, um, Indiana, Boston, Brooklyn, um, whom uh, Philadelphia, okay, Miami. I think Miami, right? That's what I was. There, I think there's a clear top seven in the East, and then to me, I do think Atlanta has secured that eight spot. But if there is a team that's going to fall out, it probably like it's them. Well, I listen if if Washington is healthy. Right. Let's say like John Wall comes back to like 85, 90 percent of what he once was like him. Bradley Beal, who probably got snubbed for an all NBA team. Um, I think he did. So him, Bradley Beal, Bertans, um, and then uh, Thomas Bryant, who's who's a, who's still up and coming and he's a pretty good young center. Troy Brown, Jr. Um, they drafted Denny, who I know you like and who can play right away. Like that's a I think that team would still be a little bit better than Atlanta. So like that's it. the the point of it is like this is how deep the NBA is just in terms of overall talent right now. We're like if we're questioning if this Hawks team is going to be a top 8 seed, um that's that's just a statement to like how freaking deep this league is, which is so much fun. It's great for everybody. Yeah, and I was thinking about that. I was driving today kind of just, you know, thinking about who I would predict as the top 8 in the West. And you could do it with the East too, as you were saying. And I was like, man, I'm like kind of stressed out. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to leave some really good teams out, and that's what's gonna happen at the end of the year. Some really good teams are gonna be left out of the playoffs, and there's no, there's nothing you can do about it because now you can't even say, oh, if they were in the East, they'd be top four because there's seven, eight, nine actual good teams in the East because we haven't even talked about Orlando, who I, I'm not saying they're necessarily good, but they've been in the playoffs the past two years themselves so it's uh mm. there's there's literally like 25 or something actually solid playoff pushing teams in the league this year yeah and we're gonna have this conversation when when we do the pod for the western conference teams and we and we do phoenix but um okay so let's let's move on let's go to the celtics next we don't Who's need that? to spend a ton of time <laughs> who, who are the celtics you shut your what mouth happened to gordon to hayward i thought okay, is the sign and trade working out i heard that they're working out a sign and trade yeah, so um, you know what's funny is a lot of Boston Celtics fans are are like going back and forth on Danny Ainge. So like let's let's just break it down for our listeners. So most of the reporting has been that um, Gordon. Hay- so both Boston and Indiana are rumored to have offered Gordon Hayward around a hundred million dollars over four years, maybe a little bit more, but that's kind of what it was. So he had he basically for a while had his pick between Boston and Indiana. Um, and if it was Indiana, it would kind of like ha- it would have to be a sign and trade. So the Celtics could have pulled the trigger on Miles Turner. It turns out that Danny Ainge just evaluate, you know, they did their own individual evalu- evaluation on Miles Turner. And we're like, we can we would rather get someone else for cheaper. And like tr- me, I would rather have Tristan Thompson for nine million dollars than Miles Turner for what's was he 17 18 so like mm-hmm. I'd rather have Tristan Thompson for that and I don't think there's 
a, a huge gap between those players. And depending on like a playoff matchup, you could say Tristan Thompson is the more valuable of the two. So that's that's how it went down. And then I guess last minute Charlotte swooped in and offered this massive, massive offer. And listen, if you're Gordon Hayward, and, and I wrote about this the other day, like, you know, we have to we have to look at Gordon Hayward from his shoes. And he's someone who was an up-and-coming all-star, has his career taken away from him right smack in the middle of his prime because of an, a disastrous in- injury. He's, I think for him, he looks at this as an individual journey of, you know, I want to prove to the world that I can be a guy who can get 24, 25 points per game, who can be the 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 first, you know, option on a team and still be really good and like I get it I get that these guys have had their egos padded since they were 12 of course they're gonna have a little bit of that mentality where they want to be the top dog and it's 120 million dollars so you know but as a as a non-Celtics fan Zach what was your first reaction when you when you heard that (laughs) I saw this meme of Michael Jordan looking like super blem like just really high and it was like (laughs) Gordon Hayward uh yeah give that guy the max and I thought that was a, that was a lot. You like that? You ever? I you ever do. do you I, listen to Drake? Dude, that's what I'm. I'm blem for real. Isn't that? A, I, it's that sounded like Drake. Yeah, yeah. That did not sound at all like Drake. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I uh, I thought it was an overpay for Gordon Hayward, but at the same time, well, I do think he can reach an All Star level. Again, I just I don't know if I would too. pay him thirty mil, but well, right, well, I love the I Tristan think... Thompson signing. So, so b- before we dive into what Boston did, just just from Charlotte's perspective, and, and we'll kind of cover this for Charlotte anyways. We'll, we'll consider this our Charlotte conversation as well. So. Yeah, they're next anyway. We can just combine the two. Natural segue. Um, let's see if we can use the word segue more than a dozen times this episode. So I think we have like two or three. Um, so when you look at Charlotte, I actually think this was a smart move for them. And I know I'm going against the grain. I think a lot of people are like, this is so dumb, especially when you compare it to how they let Kemba go. Well, I guess it was a signage trade. Um, and some of the dumb things that they've done. But, like, here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think Gordon Hayward signed there thinking he's going to spend all four years there. And I don't think Charlotte signed him thinking he's going to spend all four years there. I think what they're going to do is they're going to sign him. To, they signed him to a massive contract. Um, they're going to – he's going to play that first year. They're going to, you know, pray to every god available that he's going to be healthy. Because if he is, he's going to play like an all-star. He'll be an all-star caliber player. Because he showed that in Boston before he got hurt, like, the 15th time. And I think if they do that, a lot of teams around the league will be looking out after next year's free agency. The teams that missed out on Giannis and all the other stars are going to be looking around and saying, you know what? We can stomach which what will now be three years, $90 million for a guy who showed us he can play really good basketball. So, like, if anything, I think Charlotte, yeah, it's probably wise to think that they're just dumb. But there's a chance where they look at this as a different kind of investment. And on the Celtics side of it, they might be getting back a very large trade exception, which they will need if they want to acquire another star. Cough, cough, Carl Anthony Towns. Cough, cough. Um, Draymond I'm just Green. Putting that, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting Carl Anthony Towns into the into, – I'm, I'm putting that those good vibes into the atmosphere. So – don't don't be too quick to judge Danny Age and um, yes and for the Celtics listen and I know I'm I'm rambling now but they got Tristan Thompson who I really like for an absolutely good price they got Jeff Teague who's probably like a back back end starter in this league but he's gonna come off the bench and and play around 20 minutes so they can give Kemba more rest um, you know I I I just I guess at the end of the day I don't think the Celtics really took a step back. Um, and I'm banking on their internal development. I think Tatum becomes even better. I think Brown takes another step forward. Um, and I think they're going to be right there again next year. That starting lineup is absolutely elite. But they're uh, they're looking really shallow. Like the coming off the bench. Because you lose Wanamaker too. It's like Teague and Tice and Grant Williams. And I don't even know where you go from there. Because if you play Robert Williams, well, that's just like you're not going to play him with Tice. So it's one or the other. So, but I mean that's that's kind of the same thing that they had last year too, where really really strong starting five plus smart kind of thing, and then just kind of a big drop off. So who knows? I have been on the show saying that I don't think depth is near as important as 
it, Me uh, as we make it out to be. But I still do think you need some of it. Like you still need a couple guys off the bench who will really step up and play for you, uh, especially in the playoffs. And then as far as Charlotte goes, you talked about if Gordon Hayward plays at an all-star level. We were just discussing the battle for the eighth seed. If, if, if Gordon Hayward plays like an all-star, P.J. Washington and Devontae Graham and even Miles Bridges take another step up. And then depending if LaMelo Ball, like, I don't know, I guess he has the highest ceiling slash lowest floor out of those top 10 picks. If he shows the ceiling part of it, maybe they can get into the eighth seed too. Yeah, I mean, listen, that it's another team that, like, you know, I, so I we all know that I, I in, in addition to Cam Reddish, I have another thing for P.J. Washington, who's a really solid player. Like, Terry Rozier was pretty good last year. You know, I, he was he was a decent player, and Devontae Graham's so like, I don't know, and who knows, maybe they make some in-season moves, which they, they certainly could. Um, and we'll see what happens with this sign-in trade, of course. Like, here here's one for you for Charlotte, like, why not just send Nick Batum for Al Horford straight up? It makes sense. Okay, I think so I think he's going to be a part of the that three way deal. I think so too because for OKC they they get to move off of Al Horford's contract quicker, right? Um, to have even more cap space, and if you're Charlotte, you're kind of already going all in with Gordon Hayward. Um, you might as well, I mean, to make a playoff, right, to make a playoff run. So you might as well try and add Al Horford, who would be a really good addition there. But if, listen, it, it this makes so much sense, right? We've seen how Sam Presti is either taking on assets or, or some kind of expiring contracts that if, Char- this makes so much sense that if Charlotte doesn't do it, then it actually might be indicative of their plan with Gordon Hayward to maybe just pump up his value and trade him. Because if, if that's your plan with Hayward, then you're going to be like, okay, well, we don't need to take on Horford because we don't want to have that contract. We just want to, like, pump up Hayward's value before we trade him out of there. So um, keep an eye on Charlotte and keep an eye on this sign-in trade because ultimately it could give the Celtics a huge trade exception where they could try and land another star. And as we know in today's NBA, like, you know, new stars, uh, we hear the rumblings that where stars want out of their teams, you know, overnight, it seems like, so... That's what I got for it for my season. We've, uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time on those first three teams, but those are also three of the teams who have been the most kind of active or just made the biggest moves uh, in the yeah. East. We do have to kind of revert back to the bees though because we missed Brooklyn. We uh, did. They haven't done much. Like their big off-season acquisitions, and I'm putting air quotes around that, is just the return of Katie and Kyrie. The only yeah. interesting thing to this for me is that three-way deal they made on draft night where they mm. shipped their pick to the Pistons. For Luke Kennard, but they essentially, I guess, said, "I don't, we don't want Luke Kennard, so we'll send him to the Clippers and take Landry Shamit, which I found interesting taking Shamit over Kennard because I think, I think Luke Kennard's the better player. I don't know. What do you, uh, what do you kind of make of that Shamit for Kennard swap? Yeah, your your mic's muted. How did you? Oh, now, now, you now I'm to back. Do that? Now I'm back. No, my 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 dog was acting a little nuts. So. Oh. I listen. I love. I like both those players a lot. I think that. I think that the Clippers really um, didn't use Shamit the right way. You know what I mean? I don't think they used Shamit the right way. He's and you know I did a video about this. He's great off the dribble handoff. He had so much success with that in Philadelphia, and he's a guy who can actually you can actually use him a little bit um, as a creator for others. Right? He so was you can super do that. stagnant in the uh, in L.A. Which I mean, like because they didn't use them right. Yeah, you have Kawhi, Lou, Will, and Paul George who are just going to do their thing, and you know, you go Landry, just stick in the corner. We'll we'll kick it to you if we need. They they didn't use them right, and um, you know, I, I mix. If Brooklyn uses him the right way, then they have an absolute steal, in my opinion. If they use him the right way, as someone who can run around dribble handoffs and create a little bit for you, because people forget, like he showed that when he was at Wichita State. Um, he he showed that he can handle the ball and create for others. So I, I thought that was an absolute. I thought that was such a good trade for Brooklyn. So really, really. I, good. I just I like I like Kennard better, but maybe it's also the thought of you're gonna have to pay him soon, and you don't want to do that, and then you don't just want to make this trade for a year or two of Luke Kennard, and then kind of have to deal with him later. I just I don't know. I feel like Luke Kennard is better, and him starting alongside Kyrie and KD that would have been better for them. No, Kennard is better. Um, but Kennard also has a little bit more of an injury risk and you're going to have to pay him soon. Um, although I think, no, I think Shamit has one more year before you have to pay him. Uh, I do like Kennard a little bit better, but 
I don't know. I think I, I really do think that like for the Clippers, they just kind of made a bet that Kennard was what they needed. I don't know if I would have done that. I, I just would have looked internally and said, did we use Shamit the right way? And the answer is no, they didn't. And that sucks because he's good. <laughs> and it like looks like the Clippers are going to trade Lou Will or at least look to do that. So we'll see if that happens by the time we record the Western Conference version of this. Clippers uh, be clipping. <laughs> Let's go on to Chicago, who once again, another team who didn't really do anything. Just the most interesting thing for them was picking Patrick Williams fourth, which um, maybe this might be a type of thing where they like Patrick Williams better than anyone else. And it seems like a reach at four, but it's not a matter of we're going to take the popular pick, but we're just going to take who we believe is our guy, whether it seems like a quote unquote reach or not. So I'm going to say something that's really like counterintuitive because one of my projects or one of my goals for the next year, Zach is to like start a, a draft section of the playground. <laughs> but like we, we also need to trust a little bit that these teams know what they're doing, that they have more access to these players than we do. So like if they take a guy like Patrick Williams fourth overall, then they've seen they've seen enough to where they can justify it. I wouldn't have taken it personally, right? That that being said, I would have taken Halliburton. Um but like Chicago is interesting, man. Like like outside of the Pat Williams pick, like they let Chris Dunn go. Um I think it would have behooved them to bring him back. Um they, uh, but they, they brought back a guy like Denzel Valentine, who I think actually can be a decent player in the NBA because he's such a talented passer. And, and of course, you know, Jim Boylan just kind of kept him in the doghouse. So like, okay. I actually, I was, um, like, you, you ever like talk to yourself in the car? Yeah. All the time. All the time. I was talking myself into the bulls being better than what people think next year. And I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but like, yeah, I think they'll be the same. Honestly. I just I don't like this collection of players that much. I like them. I mean, yes and no. I love some of their players. I'm really high on Wendell Carter. As a I like Wendell Carter. I'm really happy they didn't go through with what was rumored to be Carter in the fourth pick for the second pick. I just think that would have been a right. crazy steal for Golden State. But yeah, that would that would have yeah, been an awful trade. That would have been horrible that, for Chicago. I I like Markkinen. I don't think Jim Boylan used him correctly. Like Markkinen is, is a guy who's a talented three level scorer, and he basically used him to like shoot threes, and it was like missing out on a whole part of his game. So, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at the at the Bulls and hoping that like Markkinen and Carter come back from being like bad players and return to normal. Where I actually see it as these guys had been fairly talented the whole time they just weren't used properly so like instead where a lot of people a lot of fans think that they're going to make the jump from being like bad to average i think they're they're still at average and th and those players are going to actually make a leap from average to like slightly above average which is why like whatever the projection is for their win total i'm just going to add like four or five to it and feel confident about it I think I would like their team more if Zach Levine wasn't there and I don't know what it is about Zach Levine like I understand he's a good player I just I I don't know if I'd ever pick a team with him to win. And I think it's kind of just the DeMar problem of they can mm. be a solid first option for a team that's, you know, kind of kind of average or in DeMar's case in Toronto, a really good regular season team, but clearly a cap on the, the playoff ceiling. I think it's just they can do it and they can look really good and look like an all-star. But when it comes to winning in the playoffs, they can't be your number one option. I don't think they have the mentality or the skills of what it takes to be a number two option or three option for that matter. So you're just kind of stuck with him. And I'd like these young guys better and like their growth trajectory better if he wasn't there. I agree with you. Um, one more thing before we move on to, uh, from the Bulls. Definitely keep an eye on Kobe White this year to see if he progresses as a playmaker because I have no idea what this dude's going to be. Um, do we have anything to say about the Cleveland Cavs? They're the only young core that I like. I dislike worse, dislike more, like worse than Chicago. I, I don't care for any of their guys. I know you kind of like some of them, like Garland and I Porter. Like a, I like a couple. I don't mind. I don't mind Porter. I, I guess he's playing with guns now, so we'll see. But I just, I could care less for Sexton or Garland. Uh, Porter's whatever. I don't know. And now they're adding Isaac Okoro, which, I mean, solid wing defender, but he still doesn't excite me at all. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Cavs, they lost Tristan Thompson, and hopefully Kevin Love gets traded. Yeah, so about Cleveland, we're officially on Kevin Love watch. Um, who knows? Maybe he's a guy like the Celtics could get like with that trade exception, right? Like, I don't know if I'd love the fit, 
Um, and I think you'd be overpaying at that point for someone who but they would turn into like a catch and shoot kind of player. But um, yeah, we're on Kevin Love watch. Let's move on to Detroit because they're an absolute. There we fire. go. Here's a team. Dude, what is happening? Well, I don't know. They drafted Isaiah Stewart, who's a center. Then they traded for Dwayne Dedman, who's a center. Then they threw a bunch of money at Mason Plumlee. I guess not a bunch, but a bunch for Mason Plumlee. Uh, then they signed they got another center. They traded for Tony Bradley. They signed Jalil Okafor. Then they threw the absolute bag at Jeremy Grant, which I heard that Denver actually like matched that same contract, but he still left to go to Detroit, which... yeah. I don't, I don't know. And then they traded for DeLon Wright. They drafted Killian Hayes. They drafted Sadiq Bey, who's one of my favorite in the draft. Um, so they're all over the place. And I think they had a really, actually good draft. But Dude, this, um, is, free this is so weird. been crazy. Oh, they got Josh Jackson too. So if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me, like, the young prospects they acquired on this team, like, if you were to break down their free agency between kind of more established or a little bit older players – and then young prospects. And you told me simply the young prospects they got, whether it was through free agency or the draft, I would have been like, oh my God, like, you know, tip of the cap to Detroit. Like, they nailed it. Like, I love Keelan Hayes. I think he's a great prospect. Sadiq Bey, I think a very, very, very good prospect. Isaiah Stewart can be a, he's a good prospect and he can be a decent player. Um, Josh Jackson, obviously it's a dice roll, but like, he showed some serious, serious stuff last year for Memphis. So I think that was a great flyer to take. So if you were talking about just their young prospects, I have a way to go, Detroit. But then like, it's, this is, this is the kind of stuff, Zach, that like makes me think that me and you can actually be NBA executives one day. Like if that's the bar, if, if, (laughs) if all we have to do is in a job interview, be like, well, we wouldn't have acquired 12, centers in free agency and then waved one of them immediately like Dwayne Dedman you know well, it wasn't like, even maybe like they, they were the top of the line centers available like it's not like they signed ridiculous Tristan Thompson Serge Ibaka Marcus and Aaron Baines like they just right out the gate they went after Mason Plumley and Jalil Okafor and traded for Dwayne Dedman there's actually an article online that was posted two days ago and the title is who's actually on the Detroit Pistons roster right now and it's true that's how I feel I feel like I need to read that to know who's gonna be on the team when I watch next year but, like, they also got rid of some of their good young players. So, like, they got rid of Kennard probably because they wanted to do, like, kind of a hard reset and just didn't want to sign this guy in restricted free agency. They which, got rid of Bruce Brown. Who was probably their third best, like, young prospect on the Lost team. Lost Christian and Wood. It's ridiculous. Like, they could have they could have out-offered what Houston offered for Christian Wood. <laughs> they just didn't want to do it. <laughs> they can't. They couldn't do it after they paid all their guys their money. If I, I had what to, they were doing. if I had to guess, Detroit is probably going to showcase a lot of their players this year and just sell them at the deadline. Like, I mean, they better. Like, I think I think they signed Jeremy Grant, knowing that at the deadline, whether it's this year or a year from now, some teams are going to be like, "Yeah, we need a Jeremy Grant type player." Same thing with hopefully they can get off Blake. Hopefully, then they can get off Plumlee. Who, who who freaking knows? Well, and that's the thing. You look at their roster, and it's really not that bad. Like, it's not like it's an absolute right. dumpster fire. It seems like it kind of is because the way free agency went down. But they're going to start probably Killian Hayes, I'd assume. Then DeLon Wright, Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, and I don't know, Mason Plumley. maybe. Like, that's not a horrible starting five. So they're not, they're not horrible to the point where, and I mean, maybe the East and the West is just so good right now that they will, even being, like, average to bad. Um, maybe they'll still get like they a still top have four Derek pick. Rose, right? Yeah, so may, like maybe they'll still get a top four pick with this roster because the rest of the league's so good. But it's not like they're set themselves up to for sure get a top three pick next year. So it's it's the problem that I had with the Carolina Panthers signing Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's solid, but I knew like he wasn't going to lead us to a Super Bowl. But he also isn't bad enough to just flop us and get us Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whichever one you know you would have fallen to at that top three pick and it's ended up to be exactly that look at us going cross sport references but that's just my panthers rant because i just it it annoys me (laughs) i well i have christian mccaffrey on my fantasy football team he's killing me but i think he's hurt i think a year from now he's hurt he is hurt that's why he's killing me i think a year from now we're gonna look back at this and realize what all these teams did we're gonna realize like charlotte gave money 
to Gordon Hayward because they know at the end of the day they will be able to trade that contract to a team that wants a, that wants to be like a contender or, or have that final piece regardless of Hay- if Hayward's making thirty million dollars a year. I think Detroit is thinking the same thing. Let's get Jeremy Grant, build up his value, and then we'll trade him. Like I think that's what teams are doing, and I I actually think it's kind of smart, um, which is against the grain right now, but. Um, Let's let's move on to let's move on to the Pacers. If, or if you, yeah. you want to, Indiana is the definition of doing nothing. Nothing. That is the they lost Brian Bowen, Elise Johnson, Elias Johnson, Nazmi True Long, and TJ Leaf. So four guys who didn't play for them all wouldn't play for them anyway. And they drafted Cassius Stanley. Didn't add anyone through free agency. Didn't trade for anyone. Which I think Cassius Stanley was actually uh, kind of a steal at fifty four. Like I think that was Me just too. a really solid pick. But yeah, for a team who was rumored. Their whole roster was rumored to be on the block, and it seemed like they were going to go down with a huge sign-and-trade for Gordon Hayward, and they were going to sign Gordon Hayward or whatever the heck they were going to do. They did nothing. So when, the way I look at Indiana is this. like, This is still one of those teams that, at the end of the day, if all of their guys are playing at their ceiling, okay, um, then that is a very good team. Right, it if, still definitely is is a team that can compete in the East amongst the top of the top. Like if I don't think Oladipo is gonna come back and be the player he was, but there's still is like somewhat of a chance. Like if Oladipo can come back healthy, and Malcolm Brogdon is healthy, who was a borderline All Star last year, um, Sabonis, Turner, Warren, like they're very very top. They're top heavy to the point where if like at the end of the day, if all those guys hit, that is a that's a team that would never surprise me if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It, it just wouldn't. I, th- I feel like it would still surprise me because of how good the rest of the East is. I think I'd still be shocked because they'd have to beat either like Milwaukee or Boston or Toronto or Philly or Miami or Brooklyn. Probably two of them right. actually to get there. But I do see what you're saying. Like it's not. It, it's a good team that they will finish anywhere from I guess one to six. I would be surprised if it was top two, top three. But I don't know. It's. They're going to be right up there in the in the thick of things in the East. And, like, I'm not expecting them to make a deep playoff run, but all I'm saying is, like, you know, at the end of next year's season, if we looked back and, like, we were like, man, I can't believe this was the year the Pacers went to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I would be like, okay, well, like, when you look at their roster, when you look at their starting five, like, I get it. But it's just that that's it's likely not going to happen because Oladipo is not going to be totally healthy and – there's still a kind of like a little bit of a, of a fit issue between Turner and Sabonis. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully, Miles Turner, they they should have traded him for Drew Holiday, which made sense for both teams, but it is what it is. It's just the Pacers being the, the Clippers. The Clippers are going to clip and the Pacers are going to pace. So yeah, let's go to is. let's go to the team who went to the NBA Finals. That's right. The Miami Heat, who. I personally think got worse. I think losing Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. and only replacing them with Maurice Harkless and Avery Bradley makes them a bit worse. Probably still like right around the same level. I'm not saying that's a crazy drop off. I just think Crowder was so big for them, and Derek Jones Jr. plays uh, played some good minutes, especially in the regular season. So I don't know. They're still going to be really good. I I don't want to say the finals run was a fluke because that makes it sound like it was complete luck. But I don't know if I see them running through these East teams. I still think it's possible, but it would not be my first prediction. Yeah, I mean, so that report did come out where I guess a lot of execs were like, I think it's a fluke. And like, I think fluke is a little harsh. That's that's Um, too that a fluke to me implies like that was straight luck. Like you could not do that. That happens one time out of a thousand. And it's just that one time that hit. So I don't think that in Zach, a fluke is one of the most common fish in the sea. Is that like a joke? I don't get it. Well, I mean, if I guess, is is a joke a joke if no one laughs? Like, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to, to hear I've it? I've never like, understood that. What like That makes no sense. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yes. If I clap and no one's there to hear it, does it still make a sound? Well, do you need to be heard for it to be a sound? Yes. I mean, no. It's just oh, a- Okay, hold on now. <laughs> I meant to say no. I meant to say no. Like that's that's the dumbest thing to me. It still makes the sound. No one just heard it. It's just no one heard it. The tree doesn't just all of a sudden go silent because no one's around. It's like oh, no one's around if for me to to hear this. I'm I'm gonna if fall. If your criteria for being a sound is that you have to be heard, no, it's not. Well, then there you go. But okay, so <laughs> with Miami, 
Whose criteria is that? I don't know. I'm just listen. I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate. Uh, I'm like attacking I, I you so you. hard right now. <laughs> I agree with you. Like ease up, bro. All right. So my Miami brings in Avery Bradley. Uh, I think he's going to be perfectly fine there. Um, however, I don't think it's a great fit. Like I think a lot of teams. So as we know, Miami runs more zone than anyone else, and we'll see. We'll see if like they continue that trend because in the NBA, I think a lot of the times like teams switch it up. Like I think there are there's one team that is kind of like setting the trend, and the other teams catch up, and then that one team who originally set the trend will switch it up. And if Miami runs a lot of zone though, like Avery Bradley's greatest strength is being like a dogged on ball defender. So I don't know. Like I don't know. I felt they should have just stayed with their their archetypes, which is getting those long rangy forwards and wings like they would put Dahani Dahani um Derek Dahani Jones they'd put Derek Jones Jr. Dahani Jones I know what a throwback they would put Derek Jones Jr. at the top of the zone sometimes yeah they lost two of their big wings in Crowder and Jones I I just man if if I were Miami I I I understand like what happened in free agency and I don't want to say they got much worse but like if I had him graded out as like a 92 as a team out of a hundred, I might I might just move them back to like a ninety-one. But at the same time, they should have some internal growth from their guys. Whether that means Bam Adebayo developing a three-point shot, which I don't think is I don't expect next year, or you know, um, Tyler Hero getting better, right? Maybe Chris Dunn getting even a little bit better, although I don't think he will. So, th- but they should have some internal development. You mean Kendrick, Dunn? Kendrick Lamar. Who, who, who did I say? I think you said Chris Dunn, unless I just zoned out and came back. Dude, I'm me. fried. You're probably right. I'm so, I'm so, I am so fried from like uh, from work and all that. But From that um, KitKat? That KitKat got me hype. So, but yeah, I mean, they're still going to be really, really good. And, and, and signing their guys like Leonard and Drogic to those, those deals where they can still have cap space in a year was clutch for them. And I like the precious Achua pick. Uh Let's go on Great to Milwaukee. Game. Let's go on to the team that made the most noise, but then it kind of reverted back because they weren't allowed to make that noise. Uh, that would have been like one of the best starting fives ever if it was Holiday, Bogdanovich, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez. And not necessarily from a straight talent point, but just from the way they all would have fit with each other. Like, it obviously wouldn't have been better than that Warriors team, whatever, but that's still, that starting five would have been absolutely elite. They're still a good team. I think they probably got better. They really just shuffled around a bunch of role players like getting rid of Wesley Matthews and Sterling Brown, and Robin Lopez and bringing in Augustine and Portis who Bobby Portis has the biggest eyes in the league. Uh, and then adding drew holiday for, <laughs> for Eric Bledsoe makes them better for sure. But for sure. yeah, I don't know. I mean, who maybe they're just losers from the standpoint of maybe Giannis looked at that Bogdanovich deal and was like, wow, do I really want to sign five years to, a front office that's this incompetent, they just they can't even get a sign and trade done because they were just so antsy to announce it illegally. So okay, so first of all, they got screwed. There's been tampering in the NBA since the dawn of time. And for this team to get like called out on it is absolutely ridiculous. But I, I don't know I don't know if they if they would have just announced it right at the deadline, I don't think they would have gotten in trouble with it. It's just the, the fact he- that they announced it three days before. It's. I think this is so dumb because, like, you know, he, we have. It's. It's just so stupid because, what is the difference between a team announcing it, and then all the reporters, that announce it, but they're quote unquote rumors, like this is so stupid. I do if think it's gonna, dumb, but apparently Bogdanovich never even agreed to it either, so it shouldn't true, happen true, true. that way, or it wouldn't have happened because he has to sign off being a free agent. True, 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 true. But like. I just listen. If you know, listen, NBA. If you're going to pursue tampering, pursue tampering. Do it for everybody across the board. Do it for the leaks. Do it for the rumors. Do it for the official stuff. I, I feel bad for Bucks fans. But hey, as uh, as rival East fans, are we really that mad? No, I'm not mad at all. So, I'm not that mad. Especially, especially seeing that Toronto is maybe like Giannis's number one destination if he does leave. I'm not. I'm be. definitely not mad. Could be, but I love what the Bucks did. So I th- I think first of all I-, I love Drew Holiday. I think he's a total upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Total up like it's going to be a night and day difference. I think I think people are really going to realize that right away that he is a much better def- Eric Bledsoe is a good defender. Drew Holiday is much better. 
Drew Holiday can create for himself, he's going to be a much better playoff player for sure. Um, I, 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 they I just gave up but, so much. They did, but did they really like, yes, yes. If Giannis resigns, it was worth it. But if he leaves Andrew holiday walks, cause he has a player option in this year, they are done. But if Giannis leaves, then they're screwed regardless. So like, yeah, but I they're even more was, screwed cause they don't have any first round picks now. But like, all right, if Giannis leaves, you might actually are better off, like you're better off just bottoming out. So if Drew's gone, he's gone. It's not going to make a difference. And like, that was the risk. Like you make that risk a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, but you bottom out so you can get a number one pick. They don't even have the picks to make that pick anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think they have, they don't have their first round pick for the next five years because they, they traded three of them and then pick swap two of them. I mean, I don't know if it's worth the risk. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth I don't know, because I don't want to call it a risk if you're doing it when you know that Giannis is like, if you do this, I'll stay. So it's worth that. But, man, with Giannis having a chance to leave, like that Bogdanovich thing, I think I think it could really screw them over. Now, maybe Giannis doesn't care. I don't think anyone's inside his head, and no one knows because we've seen right. so many conflicting reports. But if he does think that this this front office, this team's a mess, they can't even make a simple sign-and-trade completed, uh, I'm leaving, they are Duns over the next ten years, but okay. So like, if you're the Bucks, imagine you imagine next year comes and Giannis walks, and you're like, well, you know what? Yeah, Giannis left, but we have our picks. Like, I would never be able to look back at it and be like, damn, I can't believe we didn't give those picks to get Drew Holiday to have a better chance of keeping Giannis. So, and I love Drew Holiday, and and honestly. I thought they should have made one more move. Do you know? Do you know what it was? No. I thought they should have got a different coach. Mm, yeah, probably. I think I think Coach Bud is fantastic in the regular season, but I think he has a track record of not really proving it when it matters. And he, he, does, consistently... he doesn't adjust, and he does not play his players. Like he just he doesn't. It's inexcusable, and it's inexcusable to think that you can teach an old dog new tricks. They should have went out. And they should have got it a different coach. They should have, they should have tried everything they could have to to get Doc Rivers or just I don't know, get someone new and young and exciting. Try and get Jay Wright from Villanova. I don't freaking know, but I think that was their their big 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 mistakes. I do think they have the talent. Yeah, and they'll still be a really good team. They still could win the championship this year and make it out of the East to the finals. Um, of but I think we have five more teams left, so let's try to run through these. Uh, the Knicks. Like the Pacers, didn't really do much. They signed some around-the-edges type of players with Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, and I guess they traded for Austin Rivers or signed him. I don't know what happened there. Or did he get released? I don't really know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they drafted Obi <laughs> Toppin, traded for Amari Spellman. So Love they didn't it. really do much. But unlike the Pacers, I think that's a good thing because we're used to the Knicks spending all their money on no one. So here they, they're like, you know what? We didn't get anyone. We'll make sure we still have cap space going forward. We'll just make ourselves semi-relevant with these guys, get some good vets in the locker room, draft Obi, have them run the floor with RJ. So I, I don't mind their offseason because it, it really wasn't much, but they didn't need to do much because they couldn't do much. Right. So, okay. so first first things first, I like the Obi Toppin pick. And I know, I know a lot of people, there are some people that had him like way back on their big board. Because he listen, he can't play defense. He's he's a, not a good defender, but offensively, he is going to be a guy who can catch lobs for you, who can shoot threes from you, who can knock him down, and like he is someone who you know will be in the gym every single day. And if he fails out of the NBA, it's not going to be because he didn't try. It's not going to be because he got caught up in the New York scene. No. So when I look at this core, um, I still think RJ Barrett's very very talented. I think he's going to get better. Um, I think Zach is just obnoxiously putting on chapstick right now. Have, is that, is that the roll on or is that yeah, like a, what do you mean roll on? Yeah. It's like a stick yeah. that you roll on your lips. Some of them have like the, like little gel stuff. You know what I mean? No, I don't. This is okay. doesn't know what I mean. I chapped lips are one of the most irritating Canadian things brand. ever. They're, they're literally chap lips are one of the most irritating things ever. And especially since I'm a big lip biter, so it just makes it 10 times worse. Zach's a sexy lip biter guys. Yeah. Not a sexy one. I'm a one that like <laughs> tear my lip off. Chewing on it. 
Yeah. Um, man, I, I was in the middle of my New York. Uh, yeah, because okay. no one so wants listen. to hear a New York Knicks rant. Everyone's tired <laughs> of talking no, about the Knicks. It's not a rant. It's not a rant. It's a good thing. So I think RJ Barrett's a very good player. I, th- I think Kobe Toppin is going to be a great offensive player for them. And I think Mitchell Robinson can clean up a lot of the mistakes. So like going forward, if that's like their core three, and obviously they added a manual quickly and all that good stuff. But um, man, that's... At, at least things in New York are trending the right way. And that's what you want to see if you're a Knicks fan. So enjoy it. I think you're going to be like fun to watch next year. You're going to be very exciting and good for you guys. I did say before the Obi pick that this will be the most New York Knicks thing ever if they pick Obi Toppin because he's a power forward. But uh, in saying that, I don't think it was a bad pick because I do, I do actually like him and his offensive upside is insane. Uh, hmm. let's go to Orlando who drafted Cole Anthony 15th, which I did really like. I think he's a guy with a ton of talent, a uh, really it. hard worker, obviously had a, a, a down year on a bad UNC team. Uh, he got hurt too, right? Didn't he? I believe so. Yes. So they did that. They picked up Dwayne Bacon, lost DJ Augustine and Wessel Wundu and Melvin Frazier. Uh, I think they got maybe slightly worse, probably with the loss of DJ Augustine. And then, you know, obviously just worse with losing Jonathan Isaac so I think they probably fall out of the playoffs, especially since the teams under them got better. But I don't know. Orlando's always been boring to me, and I think always will be. Even though they have some young guys that I do like with Isaac and I don't mind Gordon, I just I, – honestly, those guys aren't even that boring. I'm just bored of them, and I'm bored of Orlando Magic uniforms. They should they should sell off some of their uh, little bit older prospects or just players, right? Like – I think Aaron Gordon needs a new home. I think he can have a, still have a really good career in this NBA if he if some team kind of transitions him to a, a small ball five. Uh, he's got the athleticism and the strength for sure to do it. He can he can hopefully shoot threes at a good enough clip. So I think they should sell him off. I think they should sell off Vucevic, um, and I think they should really really go all in. See what they actually have with Mo Bamba. See what they have with with Markel Fultz with Col- with Cole Anthony. Um, the best player a team could trade for that is on Orlando is Terrence Ross. Uh, he, he's what he's just like a pro's pro now. I, I would rather have Ross. I just give me the wing guy who can shoot a bunch of threes. I've had Terrence Ross. I don't I don't need him. I've seen Dude, that. Solid. I've seen that show. He's solid. He's, he's solid. solid, but it's like an every other game type of thing. Give me Terrence Ross. Let's move on to Philadelphia. They're more exciting. Yeah. How about this hot take? Danny Green's about to make his third NBA Finals in a row. That is a hot take. It's really it's a hot take. It's not even that hot. It's, Philly's I mean, good. Like, it's it's you need like potholders to hold it. That's how hot it is. Yeah, yeah, like it's not like it's not scorching. It's not you know you're gonna carry this to your table, right. but it's kind of or, or like and like burn your hands off. But it's one of those where the right. server puts the plate in front of you. He's like the, the plate's hot. Watch it when you touch it. You're like oh it's just yeah yeah. Warm. It's they're just warm. They're just like, warm. Um, yeah. It's like getting like fajitas. Yeah. Sure. Right? No, that what's sounds the thing they very you? yeah. That's very hot when they serve it to you on that burning hot plate. Yeah. That's a that's a horrible. No, that's not it. Okay, so it's not like that. It's it's like, like um, when you're on like a ten hour road trip, which I was, and then your butt gets that warm. It's butt hot. It's butt in the seat hot. Yeah, Philadelphia it's, is butt hot. It's leather seats in the summer hot, where you're not you're you're gonna be able to sit down in the car, but you know it's uncomfortable. Um. Yeah, you know, I could see it happening. I you know, do like it. I I like their moves. They, I mean, anytime you can get off Horford, wonderful. Um, I personally, for that team, I would rather have Seth Curry than Josh Richardson. Yeah, and then for Dallas, I think I'd rather have Josh Richardson than Seth Curry. I I agree. Um, so I think I that trade you. worked really well for both teams. So who who starts for them? Right? Is it? It's got to be Simmons Harris. I think it's um, Seth, Danny, and Embiid. Embiid. I think so too, and that can be really good. My my question is like, no matter who, I'm I'm wondering if like no matter who you shuffled around, will it really impact anything if Embiid and Simmons don't change the things they need to change? Like if Embiid, I don't, I don't think it's they're they're the problem. I think it's what you put around them, and you're changing that. So. I disagree. I, we've seen them put they're they've had two of the best starting lineups the past three years that that Simmons Covington Sarich um uh, who was it JJ Redick and B lineup that was the best starting lineup in the league statistically and then Simmons Butler Redick Harrison and Bede was also like one of the top starting lineups in the 
in the NBA statistically. Like they those two those lineups can work. It's just about who you put around them. See, I I think that man, I'm really really torn. Like they hired Doc Rivers not to coach them. They hired him to get everyone to like each other. What is this the Brooklyn Nets? They didn't hire Doc to coach them. Anyone can coach. No, but I mean obviously he's going to Simmons could be a coach. Plays and Obviously, he's going to call play. But what I'm saying is, like, the most pressing need the Sixers had, I think, was to get a guy with tons of experience, who a lot of players respect, and who's known, whether it was in Boston or, I mean, not this last year in L.A., but before yeah, that. I was going to say, they, they really made a good deal there it's, uh, trying to get a Team Chem guy. Actually, you know what? Should we should should we reevaluate this? Because even when Doc was on the Clippers, there was a lot of, like, rumblings about how CP3 and Blake didn't like was. each other. But maybe it's also, I think, not being inside the situation, we don't know. Maybe it literally was hopeless and no coach could have kind of worked that out. Maybe. So, I don't know. But, I mean, Doc is, nevertheless, a good coach when it comes to X's and O's and that stuff. Like, you definitely can't argue that he's bad. And I just think it's going to come down to this. I think it's going to come down to if not only if Joel Embiid comes back in the best shape of his life and uh, mentally approaches each game like he wants to be the MVP, it's also going to come down to – is Ben Simmons going to find ways to be more of a scoring threat throughout the entire game? If they could do those things, this team could easily win a title. And also, the problem's always been they can't survive when Embiid's off the floor. Now you have Howard, who presumably you should be able to, but once again, Howard has not been good since he left Orlando, except for last year, and maybe that was just right. playing with LeBron. Like I, I right. we, we have to see if he can play good outside of some really, really strong leadership. And really, him and Danny are just going to play with the Walmart versions of LeBron and AD right now. Yeah, they're going to play with the flip phone versions. Um, let's move on to your Raptors. <sighs> let's do it. Who uh, Once again, another team who really didn't do much. They got Fred back, which I was super happy about. I think they probably wanted uh, 20 mil a year, 80 mil, but 85 is not a number that you're going to walk away from. You know, if Fred yeah. wants 85, you want 80. You're just, you're just going to make that deal because he's basically a borderline all-star. Uh, and then they basically yeah. just did a center swap. I mean, they lost Gasol and Ibaka, which obviously are big losses, and they replaced it with Baines and Boucher, which it is a downgrade. It's just how much of a downgrade is hold, it really? Hold on now. Hold on now. Is it a downgrade? No, I, I think it is, yeah. Okay. I here's Here's what I'll say. I think if you were to have Gasol and Ibaka and Aaron Baines, I would I I sincerely think my first pick, and I'm not saying this because of like the Aaron Baines fan club. I think I would take Baines. Oh, mine would be Surge a hundred times out of a hundred. See, we we differ on this. Like, I I listen. I think Surge I just don't see what really Baines the... can do that Surge can't. Um, I actually I I actually think Baines might be a little bit better, like around the rim in terms of defending around the rim. Um. And, yeah, and I don't think Ibaka so. Has, Maybe as a one-on-one post defender, but not as a rim protector. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, like I just I cannot. I, I think he's a. a I think he's that. a better team defender. This will be good. We can we can put a wager on this. We can monitor Zach. We can come back to this throughout the re- regular season, and we can just like compare Baines and Ibaka. We can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But I mean, the big defensive loss is Gasol because even no matter how bad people want to say that he looked, he still had the best defensive rating on a team that is full of great defenders. So the hardest part about assessing aging players is knowing when the drop-off happens. Because for many of them, it happens like overnight. Like one season ends and you think, okay, like they still got a couple more years and then they begin the next year and you're like, they just can't play anymore. And like there's a chance that's the case with Gasol. There's a chance that he went to Los Angeles because his brother is there and his brother, I think, just had another son. So he wants to be around the family and all that. And and maybe he is just not... Like there's there's a chance that he had his drop off and that we just saw it in that in that playoffs. I hope I hope not. But also going but, to LA, he doesn't have to do much. Like he he can play like right. 15 20 minutes a game beside AD, beside Montrez and kind of just pass threes. the ball, do what he does well, just positional defense. Yeah. I just I don't know. I also I don't mind Boucher at all. The minutes he got last year, he's a very very good energy big. Like he ro- he rolls to the rim hard. He fights for every rebound. He's a great shot blocker. He blocks so many three point shots, which is just rare. Like when he closes out on guys, his long arms just 
touches the ball every time somehow. His biggest thing will, now that he's going to be getting consistent minutes for his first time ever in the NBA, will he be able to bring that energy every single night rather than just, oh, I can play now because he's injured, I'm bringing it. Or, no, Serge is in foul trouble, I'm getting in, I'm bringing this energy. Can he bring that every single night? We'll see. But, I mean, like, you have to trust the Raptors in, in their internal oh, development. Oh, I do. I, I can't. So. I, that's what another reason why with the Malachi Flynn and Jalen Harris picks, all we heard from scouts was those are two really good picks at that slots. And that just makes me think it's going to be even better than that because every time a side drafts someone, it's a good pick. Like, I think he's only missed on Bruno. Yeah. And even, even Bruno, um, I understand the risk from, like, an archetype perspective. Yeah. Um, Washington, last team. I, I guess, yeah, I like their draft picks a lot because Denny was one of my favorite lottery picks, and then Cassius Winston is one of my favorite second-round players. So I do really, really like that. Aside from that, they didn't really do much. They brought back uh, Bertans on a huge number. Uh, didn't really lose how anyone old, of... How old is Bertans? Do you know this? I think I do. Okay, I'm going to say... So he was... Drafted, he was drafted in the same year as Kawhi, I think, or maybe, yeah, I think he was. He was drafted in the same year as Kawhi, which was, I'm horrible with draft years. Um, I'm going to say that was 20 or 2000 and it was eight or nine, something like that. So it's been 12 years since then. Let me say 32. He's 28. Wait, what? Yeah. What year was Kawhi drafted? 2010? I think Kawhi was like 2011. Was he 2011 and then he made his first finals appearance in 2012? I'm horrible with draft years, so it might have been. I, which was funny because I was going to just say 27 without all that math, and then I did all that math, and it just threw me off the out for a loop. So um, Maybe you just can't do math. <laughs> I, I definitely can't do that. But I was going to say 27, but then I decided to try to go all smart, and I said 32. So there's a lesson to trust your gut. Okay, so Bertans is 28. And I think he just signed a five-year deal. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming there's a Ooh, there's a player option. Signed for a, a lot. Player option. So the last year he can he can I think it's a player option. Um, yeah, but he can opt out of the last year. Now, when when Bertans is, I think he's going to be like 30, 31, the year before he opts out. Do you want to be paying him 31? Do you want to be paying him 17 million dollars a year? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I guess it depends what his shooting looks like. His shooting's one of those things that, as you age out, it's one of those things that you kind of keep usually. So right. I'd have to see. I'd I, like. I'd have to see. It's hard to tell. My, right now. my point is, is like, I think you can find like cheap shooters who obviously won't be as good as Bertans. Like, I, I don't want to sell him short. He is. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Like, he he's abs- He's actually like ridiculous. Like when you go back and you watch his highlights. He's he's freaking nasty shooting the basketball. So like, but I just think it's an overpay, and I it understand why is. they did it. But it's an overpay. But this team's trying to make the playoffs and be competitive because they're they should all be healthy right now. So at the end of the day, I understand it. And I actually like this Wizards team a lot for next year. I mean, um, their offseason might not even be done because Wall's rumored in a trade every other day, and then he's rumored to be staying every other day, aligned with that. So I don't know what's going on. We'll see. I don't. It's it's the Wizards, right? So I mean, keep an eye on them because they actually this team actually does have a high ceiling if if everyone's healthy and playing well. Um, I really want pizza. What kind? I don't know. I just started hallucinating and smelling it. I'm I'm very basic when it comes to pizza. Like I'll eat whatever, but realistically, if I'm going and it's just for myself, I'll honestly just get like a pepperoni. Like I'm pretty so basic. We have American Thanksgiving coming up. Zach, what is oh, your uh, yeah? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, I'm a big stuffing guy. Me too, man. I can Me eat too. the entire bowl of it. I don't need anything else besides stuffing. I really don't. Really? That's, that's all I need, man. But here's... I'm a fat here, so, ass, so I'll eat it all. But stuffing, you're not. I enjoy the most. Here's my piece of advice. Before we before we sign off and, and let everyone get on with their day, here's my piece of advice for Thanksgiving. Ready? It takes the brain... It takes the stomach like 10 to 15 minutes to tell your brain that you're full, right? So go slow and make sure you're drinking like something with fizz, like a Sprite. Go fast. Go fast. Zach is ruining my advice. 
Go it. fast because you eat everything within the 15 minutes and then your brain tells you that, oh, I'm full now. Yeah, but then you're over full. Yeah, and then you get to just sit on the couch and watch football and then eat even more dessert and drink beer to become even more full. That is going to be good. I, I am looking forward to all that stuff you just That's the point of it. You know, you don't want to feel nice. You don't want to – on Thanksgiving and Christmas, you don't want to just feel nice. You want to feel stuffed and you're like, I can't move. Okay, fine. Fair enough. You win. I, I, recant, my, <laughs> I recant my statement. I do. I eat way too much. I think you've already given that advice when it came to all-you-can-eat buffets. Set a timer yeah, and then sit when timer. the timer goes off. Go and eat and drink something fizzy so you burp. Am I that nasally and high-pitched? <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was a better Drake impression than you did when you sang Blum. I'm blem for real. All right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta cut this off. Before yeah. What do you want to say to sign off to the folks? Thank you for listening back to us after six years off. Yeah, guys, thank you for listen. My one, here's my, here's the one thing I ask of our listeners: um, find over this Thanksgiving, find a half hour to yourself where you're just hanging out and doing what you love because we're in a crazy world right now. So do something for you. Yeah, be thankful. Find the thankful. Find the things you're thankful for. Find the positives because it definitely can be hard to find those in in this whole year, really. So uh, find it in our podcast. Yeah, the positives are you get to listen to the Playgrounder again because we're back and we'll be back regularly. We're gonna come back with the West and we'll be back with more content all throughout the season. The Playgrounder.com, the Playgrounder podcast, the Playgrounder trade pad, quiz the B pod, and the Playgrounder YouTube page. Peace. We stayed up till the morning. Talking to the first light of dawn